Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 51. 51. This is happy birthday. <laughs> it's but somehow like actually... caught between two different milestones. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's not exactly 52 weeks, but it is not episode 50, which You're we like barely celebrated. for a moment. Halfway between 50 and 52. <laughs> yeah. Our new theme song um, yeah. for just this episode. Um, happy birthday. But, but like, actually, uh, your birthday was last week. I don't know if I should say week. thank you or if that is to us. <laughs> it's to us and also you, kind of. Happy birthday to all of us and you and you and you or something like adieu, that. Adieu. Adieu. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Good night. Um, goodbye. Good night. I'm Rod Sterling. What is Robots on Typewriters? And why what are we saying robots happy birthday? On well, 51 weeks ago, we had a dream. Yeah. Uh, probably a little more than that. Yeah. Many weeks ago. <laughs> we had a dream about doing a podcast all about computational creativity. We didn't even have that word in our vocabulary at the time. Yeah, that's crazy. But we wanted to do a podcast about it. <laughs> We didn't know what it was, but we knew we wanted a podcast about it. I don't listen to any podcasts, but I think I should host one. So computational creativity is uh, the field in which computers, algorithms, generated stuff helps people be creative, make creative things, or it makes creative things on its own. On this podcast, Robots on Typewriters. We like to feature some computational creativity from around the internet and around the world in our first segment, The Zesty Hat, and then we like to make some of our own fun and play a game using algorithms, the internet, computers, that kind of stuff, in our second segment, The Trashy Toy. Uh, and this week, it's my turn to be zesty, to don the hat. Do you have any more birthday messages you wanted to say in there, actually? Oh, today? I was just going to say, I can't believe it's been, like, I, I genuinely can't believe it's already been a whole year of this podcast, because it just has kind of become a thing that we do every week, and it just feels like part of our lives, and um, I'm so excited that it is something that we still get to do every week, and um, like we were kind of saying last week, I think it was last week, I'm so glad to be a part of this little field of um, stuff that... Uh, people are making and gets people excited and um, only hope to see it grow and um, see it reach more people in the next year. That's all. Yeah. Anyway, that means it's time for our first segment. Yeah. And that's my zesty hat. And this week's zesty hat is a, a bit of a mishmash because I just got back from Kai. Yeah. So Kai is a conference on human computer interaction. It's like the big conference in the the field that I am uh, I am studying. It's like a lot of academic fields, like there's a big journal that everyone wants to publish in, but in HCI, uh, it's the big thing everyone wants to publish in is this conference, Kai. So yeah, we just got back from there in my, my lab here in Dublin. Uh, Kai was over in Glasgow and we got to see a lot of really cool HCI Kilts. stuff. Oh. And kilts. <laughs> I I won a kilt. Well, I got a free kilt. It's Is actually, that winning? Yes. yes. It's like my favorite picture that I've received from 
well, just maybe in the last year. <laughs> it was very dark, and I can't completely be sure you understand the color of this kilt, so I will send you another picture of it today. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. But yeah, so besides seeing kilts, I saw a lot of really interesting human-computer interaction research. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds really interesting, doesn't it? It no. does. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I saw like a a whole ton of stuff on all sorts of different topics, uh, many of which wouldn't really be considered computational creativity, some of which would be. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to highlight a couple of the interesting creative things that I saw and just kind of mention that the conference was cool in general. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, my supervisor describes it as like a rock concert for HCI researchers in that it's like... (laughs) 3,000 people all crammed into a convention center and like (laughs) everyone just kind of like pushing past each other and like asking where to get some coffee. Uh, You know, like you do at a rock concert. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, like the idea that it's not like a a 20 people in a conference room, that it's like thousands of people in like a big event hall and it's a mess, Uh, including (laughs) like the, so like the keynotes and some of the bigger talks, including the paper presentation by my lab. Uh, we're in a, an auditorium that like apparently gets booked for like comedy shows and like stage shows and <laughs> stuff shit. like it's an actual like proper auditorium that's unbelievable so that was rad seeing uh, a colleague of mine presenting on like a huge screen on a huge stage yeah that's crazy but yeah so it was it was that kind of thing uh two of the more creative pieces of research i saw one was presented just after my colleague's talk as part of the same paper session. Uh, so we were in a paper session called like chatbots and agents, mm. uh, all kinds of technology that you can interact with, talk to, I guess, uh, not necessarily all through speech, but the the paper right on after ours was called Caring for Vincent, a Chatbot for Self-Compassion. Ooh. And the idea of caring for Vincent was that uh, there are there is a chatbot out there called Wobot, which asks you to like uh, <laughs> tell you for you to tell it your woes. Uh, like it says like uh, what's been getting you down lately, like that kind of thing or like anything you want to talk about. Love it. Um, and that was a mixed success where people would sometimes want to chat with Wobot and like get stuff off their chest. But a lot of times thought, like, I don't even know you. Like, why would I want to tell you anything? This is weird. So Caring for Vincent took a different approach. They set up a chatbot like that. So they had two different Vincents. One Vincent was like Wobot, where people would chat to it on, like, Messenger and Skype and stuff. And it would say the same sorts of things, like, hey, like, what anything been getting you down lately? Like, do you want to try to... uh why don't we talk about things that have been more positive too, or like any any good things going on and right now that you want to mention? But then they had a second Vincent that they were comparing it against, called the care receiving Vincent. Uh, oh. And care receiving Vincent would tell you about his problems, <gasps> like arriving embarrassingly late to an IP address, uh, <laughs> or. Uh, failing a programming competition despite being a program. (laughs) So he would tell you these like sad little stories uh, to encourage the user. The we we say user in HCI. I more mean like participant or like interactor. Um, Yeah, to encourage the the interactor to encourage the person to say like 
it's okay, Vincent, or like that that sort of thing oh happens God. to all of us. And like, it wasn't free response for every part of it. So when Vincent was talking to you, there were like a, a list of things you could click on to say. Mm. And some of them were like the same sort of things happened to me. And then if if you did indicate that that sort of things happened to you before, then you could like type out like a, a thing like that. So you could tell it your woes that way, but only oh. after Vincent had told you his woes. And then Whoa. you you and Vincent would work together on a self-compassion, like self-compassion things like th- naming things you're grateful for, uh, goals you have over the next few weeks. Fuck, I love that. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you and not many people in the auditorium that day. Oh, it, what? <laughs> it got a mixed reaction. Oh, my God. It's amazing, though. Yeah, it's cool, and I thought it was worthy of being highlighted here. Um, if you have questions about why it got a mixed reaction, I'm not going to get into them here because that seems rude, but I'm happy, to, <laughs> happy to talk about that, too. Uh, also, so, yeah, that was Caring for Vincent. That's a project by a research team at uh, the University of Eindhoven in the Netherlands, and it was presented by Mina Lee, who did a very nice presentation on that paper in the giant auditorium, which is a very hard room to present in. Hmm. The other big computational creative thing that I myself didn't get to check out, but my lab uh, all said was cool and interesting and weird, was a movie called The Movement. The oh. Movement is a mixed reality movie uh, made by a research team at the University of Nottingham. And they were, so there were like booths in like a big convention hall where you could go try out practical like HCI stuff. So like people doing like VR, or like drones, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the movement was available in there where you could watch in, I think you wore a VR headset and headphones to watch the movement. It's a movie controlled by your brain what? So there's tons of different uh, like ways the movie c- was edited and different uh, different scenes and different sound effects and so- sound scores and stuff. But uh, which movie you in specific get is controlled by an EEG machine that you wear. So as your brain reacts to the movie, the movie changes like what it's going to be. My jaw is like on the floor right now. Yeah, people thought the movement was really cool. Um, It's a it's kind of the third such movie made by this research team at Nottingham. They previously made a movie called Hashtag Scanners and a movie called The Disadvantages of Time Travel. So, yeah, the movement was kind of their latest brain controlled movie. That Um, sounds dope. Oh, my God. They they're touring it around right now. So they're going around different places in the UK uh, where people can go and like put on the headset and watch slash experience the movement. Come they say there are over the 18 billion with a B narrative combinations of the film. <gasps> um, oh. You wear a NeuroSky headset to detect EEG brainwaves, which affect the edit, sound mix and narrative of a specially created movie. Whoa. Did you get to do this? I did not get a chance to watch oh. the movement. My colleague Phil did, and he said, I don't really know what they were trying to, like, you know, show or, like, prove with this, <laughs> but it's a really cool art project, so that's, okay. that sort of thing <laughs> ought to be celebrated. No, he was big on it. 
Yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. it's not really like academic research necessarily. Sure, like it's yeah. a piece of art rather. But yeah, it was it's like real our cool. shit. <laughs> Uh, they say the movement live score version allows the NeuroSky headset to detect EEG brainwaves to affect the edit, sound mix, and narrative of a spe- specially created movie. <laughs> In this performance, there's the opportunity for two audience members to control their own versions of the film in back-to-back screenings. Whoa. Oh, I don't know what I'm watching here or what I'm reading here. <laughs> oh, each one will edit the movement, conducting musicians Halvadir Agiason and Scrubber Fox live. Um, Scrubber Fox. <laughs> These might be not real people names. Ah, uh, ah, uh, but that's wild. Uh, no, Scrubber Fox is a musical artist, an electronic <laughs> musician from the UK. Very good. But yeah, so apparently they did a live score version where two different people watched it at the same time, controlling two different aspects of the music to create one version of the movie. That is so cool. I want to experience that so bad. Apparently, that's how they show it in bigger auditoriums. <clears throat> so they have two audience okay. members selected to control the movie that everyone oh, watches together. Okay. okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, so they you can check out more about uh, the movement and previous movies by this research team at braincontrolledmovie.co.uk. Uh, the Nottingham research team, I don't know those people in specific, but all the HCI folks at Nottingham are really cool, really uh, collaborative and amazing. So it feels good to be able awesome. to highlight their work and highlight something so cool artistically. Yeah, holy shit. All right. That's uh, that's it for my EEG reading uh, live scored zesty hat. I love it. Oh, my God. That is so cool that you get to go do stuff like that. Um yeah, that's awesome, and it's. And I awesome get to be to in the same convention center, though not experiencing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that roundup on that. Um, yeah. If you want to hear more about Kai, tweet at me. I'll tell you more. <laughs> tweet at me, bro. Um, yeah. So um, to celebrate, we're we're gonna celebrate our first birthday a little bit here. Um, it's uh. We, Do you remember done... how you celebrated your first birthday? <laughs> Do I? Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but I know that I had a Winnie the Pooh cake. Um, that mm-hmm. I have seen in pictures. Solid. Um, I don't know what yeah. kind of cake I had. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna celebrate our first birthday here because um we're very excited to to be at this point. Um, and uh, we've made fifty one whole episodes of this podcast, and that's a lot of content. So that I mean, we've made, assuming each episode is give or take an hour, we have made over two days worth of of robots on typewriters. Wow! If you just put this on and listen for two straight days, that would be bad. That would be bad. Um, well, first of all, if you follow us on Twitter, you might have seen something that we posted earlier uh, last week. Um, I went and posted a Google form where we were inviting um, we were inviting any friends or listeners of the podcast to contribute to this uh, to this episode, and I posted a, a link to a Google form with two um, Botnik keyboards on it. One, um, both of them were trained 
from a transcript of an episode. It was episode 35, Father of the Blaine. Um, I, I went and transcribed that episode and then made two different Botnik keyboards. One was trained on all of the things that I said in that episode, and the other was trained on all of the things that Justin said in that episode. And uh, we were I, we invited uh, anybody who might want to to uh, write some weird quotes from us and uh, submit them. And we got one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll 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 uh, we'll read it later. Um, thank you, and then, fan. Yeah, thank you, whoever you are. Um, and then uh, we also uh, I put together a list of every episode title from um, from the first fifty. And also, just to add some more fodder to that data set, I took every episode title from our first <laughs> our first podcast. The to be named later podcast, um, because I felt like that it it's also uh you know it's just you know adds some flavor to yeah there the was like what sixty some episodes of that one yeah 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 but yeah so um and then I trained uh, TextGen RNN on that and we we wrote some uh we wrote some new uh, episode titles so we're going to go ahead and um we're gonna throw out some of. Our, our favorite moments that never were from the first year of um, of Robots on Typewriters. This is the most egotistical game trashy toy that we have done, but it's our birthday and we can yeah. do this if we want to. You would too. <laughs> so yeah, this we're definitely, we're just going to let loose and, and indulge ourselves this episode and... Um, uh yeah do you do you have any uh do you do you want to start with a a favorite episode of yours and then maybe a maybe a moment from that from that fateful famous episode yeah um i so i always liked when we would have guests on both shows so i liked uh the episode chris rates Uh i love chris rates yeah where we just (laughs) had our friend chris on we just kept yelling like categories at him and he would rate them so like yeah uh dogs uh nine out of ten that sort of thing <laughs> yeah nine out of ten Oof, that's a harsh take on dogs honestly <laughs> was uh was chris rates a tbnl or a robots on typewriters they all blend together for me um i think that was that was probably a um i think that was a tbnl honestly i yeah, think that if was chris like... was a robot maybe it would have been appropriate well he is a robot well, he's not a thing. robot he's a chat bot so we didn't right. know at the time if it was gonna be appropriate right yeah no, actually that was... he's not even a chat bot he's more of a random number generator that's all it was really doing <laughs> yeah no exactly it was kind of before it was we didn't even know that that was our destiny yet but chris did and he rated our destiny five out of ten yeah be careful who you call chris in middle school that chris now that's random.net that's crazy yeah <laughs> you won't believe what this kid from middle school looks like now a website <laughs> He built a website, <laughs> then he became that website. So, uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite um, one of my favorite quotes from that episode was something that you said. Um, actually, uh, we asked Chris to rate um, bars in Alberta, and mm. he <laughs> and we did use uh, Wikipedia lists as the source for what he should rate. Right. Yeah, and um, he was like, for bars in Alberta, he was like four out of ten and we were like wow that's, that's a harsh take and then you were like yeah cocktail and suit bars are very common in alberta 
and mm, like, it's yeah, true I mean, yeah cocktail and soup bars are, are they, they suck like that's not the kind of bar that's not a good time that's for yeah, a, you either want a, a cocktail view. and sandals bar or like a suit and beer bar yeah cocktail and soup bar is that is not a good vibe yeah you ever been to a suit and beer bar a suit and beer bar yeah like probably that sounds like hell having to wear a suit but also it's just like <laughs> you know pbr like bottled pbr can pbr is all they have uh you have a favorite episode maybe a more recent one yeah so um one of my favorite robots that we've done recently was um Exist- <laughs> existential chance brother that was a that was a real mind bender. I think existential chance brother that one was a quote in itself, but it's not yeah. in either of our keyboards because that was a quote. It was one of them episodes where we were talking to a chat bot and you were you asked something like, "Wait, are you even really a bot? Am I even really a human?" And the bot was like, <laughs> "Existential chance brother." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a really snarky bot, honestly. I think I was like, um, I, I yeah, he was just like making me feel all kinds of weird. I, I did not like the, the vibe that that chatbot was putting off. And I was like, it's making my hair crunchy like a total pine party. Mm, and you know that's what, you pretty know, crazy when yeah. even a bot, like just hearing something from a bot, it makes like, you know, the hair on your arm stand on end and the hair on your head all crunchy like a total pine party. <laughs> I mean, you know how your hair feels after a pine party. Like it's mm. like you're walking out of the ocean. It's like your your hair is just all like gross. Walking there's out all of a maple pine. syrup factory. Yeah, there's all that residue. It's disgusting, and and it just yeah. It. I'm it, glad it, we decided for this episode to have a a more traditional birthday party instead of a pine party. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I I never want to go to another pine party as long as I live. One was good enough for me. Another favorite episode of mine. Uh, speaking of the word chance, was back when we used to do music episodes. Uh, chance the big midi. <laughs> yeah, chance the big midi. That was just. It was like yeah. It was. I think that was actually that. That was the name of the episode last week, right? When we talked about Musenet. <laughs> That was yeah, that was Chance last the week's big episode. Musenet MIDI. Yeah. So um, I think I think Chance the Big MIDI though was uh if I remember right, when we would have Mario try to do songs he hadn't heard of. Mm, and we yeah. had him do some Chance the Rapper song, and it was crazy. Like all he had was an acoustic guitar, but he somehow did like really like bleepy bloopy like computer music. He yeah, he we fed um we fed a thousand Chance the Rapper songs to Mario and And it forced made him to a write MIDI. a Burger King commercial. And forced him to write a, a MIDI file. It was crazy, and he just did it with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a favorite quote from that one? Hmm. I'm trying to remember. It was so long ago. So it was so long ago. We were talking more about like music in general on that episode. I think it wasn't during the Chance song, but it was some other song. And I started going on a rant about frontmen, and finally, oh, like, wait, what was God. that crazy thing you say about frontmen? And I said. Uh, they'll say rhymes and get you hyped, but then just spend the whole song singing like the Harlem Shake. <laughs> yeah, you have a really hot take on frontmen. Like yeah, they always I, are singing the Harlem Shake. It's true. It's like there's not a single band that has a frontman that doesn't just you know let every song devolve into the Harlem Shake. I guess that's why the Harlem Freddie Shake Mercury. was like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Need I say more? <laughs> need, yeah. Need, need I, I say name more, more than was... one front man? 
No, not at all. Because Freddie Mercury was like he was the biggest cult. He kind of started the Harlem Shake thing, if I if I exactly. recall correctly. He he really spread that meme a couple years ago. He was a front man, and that all of his other songs were fronts for singing the Harlem Shake. Yeah, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. If you play that shit frontwards and backwards, you hear the Harlem Shake. It's crazy. Mm, yeah. If you play it both ways at once, like next to each other, mm. it's just the Harlem Shake. It's it's the actually the Harlem Shake backwards, which is I I don't know how that all works, but right, yeah. You you always did have very hard, um, uh, really kind of uh, judgmental opinions about music. Like, what's wrong with the Harlem Shake being in every song? Um, maybe in most songs it's okay, but now and then I just don't want it. That's fair. That's fair, I guess. I don't know. Do you know. have any other favorite episodes that we don't just spend this whole time talking about the Harlem Shake? <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked. Um, the, I, I know that like we don't usually get really kind of like controversial or religious, but I, I really did like Jesus India. I felt like mm. we got we really got into some to some deep stuff on that one. Yeah, it started with just kind of a joke. It was like meant to be like Jesus of suburbia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus of India. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and so I think that that was the one where we we kind of tried out being topical and 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 uh we talked about uh we we were talking about like global global news and global politics and that was um uh, I think we we were we put some uh we put some pictures from the from the news headlines to um into maybe like a maybe a big gan the big gan or the the gan breeder, and um it spit out some really kind of uh really kind of terrifying stuff and yeah it was um, like you ever see those pictures where it's like this is what would what it would look like if you average like the fifty faces of like the fifty highest grossing Hollywood stars or something. This is like yeah, yeah. one of those, but it was averaging like everything from the news. And um, this uh, this favorite moment was actually uh, one of our one of our listeners or or friends or somebody anonymously sent in this um, this bit as their favorite. Um, it was I guess I said in response to one of the pictures, "Oh no, it's a bunch of Americans poking out of the holes." <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Global news, you can't get rid of the Americans. Gan breeder pictures where you could see like the entirety of the U.S. Congress just poking out of like the pores of someone's face. Yeah, and and it was like all it was in it was in everything, and it was like man, it was really a commentary on on how America just you know sticks their hands in where they (laughs) shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah, America just sticks their hands every in every hole. The Very Jesus bad. India one though had um, so once we got more into the the religious conversation, it had a pretty good quote from me where I, I was trying to think of like, you know, who some of the best uh prophets and like religious figures are of our time. And I finally yeah. settled on Jesus India and I said, The best boy that I sent to the sky is a country asexual. Yeah, he is the best boy. Who that? Yeah, that that country asexual. He's a um. A, That's Jesus a India. Man. I mean, the India. Is oh, Jesus for, India. The India is the country. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Do we have any? Uh, do you have any episodes of uh, Sturgis Podmore that you liked a lot? Mm, so, Our Harry Potter podcast. 
I think um I think my favorite episode of um of Sturgis Podmore was um the dead son's little Steph. Hmm. Who was the dead son? Some of the late not so canonical stuff confuses me. Yeah, um I think the, the I So think there's the, the cursed child. The cursed child who's Alba Severus, aka Gideon, Gideon Savage. Um right. But the dead son, I think, was actually, um, I think that was actually probably um, Teddy Lupin in his, like, he had a right. serious emo phase, as you can yeah, imagine. Yeah. I mean, that kid was a total punk rocker. And, um, yeah, so he, he kind of, that was his own kind of um, alias that he gave himself, and everybody else kind of, like, rolled their eyes at him, like, all right, the dead son. Um <laughs> Who was the little Steph? Was that his like his significant other? Was that no, his no, no, no? Yeah. You're forgetting this one. So oh. this is uh, he had when he was even when he was emo and all when he was going to Hogwarts. He kind of like put up a front, like I'm not sad about my parents dying. I'm the dead son, whatever. But then he always <laughs> kept in his school bag a little teddy bear named Steph, and that was the dead son's little Steph. He couldn't call it Teddy because his name was Teddy. <laughs> I know we're like trying to make jokes here, but I'm getting a little sad. <laughs> I, I, do we have to talk about this anymore? Um, 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 yeah, no, that is, yes. <laughs> the little Steph, yeah, he, he just kind of like pulled the name out of the, out of the bag. Out of the sorting hat. <laughs> he, he was walking by a sorting <laughs> ceremony and he heard, you know, whatever, Steph Johnson. And he was like, ah, Steph, what a beautiful name. Ah, <laughs> uh, Steph, you were named for one random fucker, the sorting hat said. And one she time. was the bravest person I ever knew. <laughs> I think that that uh, that episode, there was a really good exchange that we had because we, we were really kind of like. We were on our high magical horse <laughs> about about Sturgis Podmore. I believe we, they're we, called we, Thestrals. We, we were on our high Thestral. We were on our thick Thestral. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, um, yeah, you were like, I think that's how magical we are. They get so Southern on the fly. And I think we were just talking about, because we, I think we, we really thought that we had a lot of, we had, we thought we had a big listener base for Sturgis Podmore, when in reality, zero people were listening to it. And yeah. for some reason, I guess based on our stats, we thought that a lot of Southern Americans were really into Sturgis Podmore, because that is our demographic, Southern yeah. Americans for our satirical Harry Potter podcast. But, um... I disagreed. I, I I thought most of our listener base was coming from, you know, kind of like the suburbs of New Jersey. So yeah, you were like, I think that's how magical we are. They get so southern on the fly. But I was like, I don't know. All these guys in the sky come back Jewish to me. Mm, yeah, where we we had no idea of what our stats meant. That we saw a single dot in both like where you lived in Virginia and where I lived in New Jersey, and <laughs> yeah. thought that meant a million people. So yeah. I thought we had a million Southern listeners. You thought we had a million Jewish listeners. Jewish but in reality, we, we were the only listeners. Uh, and isn't that how it goes with, with Sturgis Podmore? Isn't that how it goes for the dead son? After all this time. Sometimes. Yes. All right. One last favorite episode of mine that I need to talk about. Okay. And that was Baby Sand. 
Ooh, I loved Baby Sand. That was that was a Robots one, wasn't it? Yeah, so that was when we tried to make the next big pop song on Robots. And we made a song called Baby Sand. And then a few <laughs> weeks later, Baby Shark took off. What the oh, hell? God, yeah. And like, yeah, I thought that... Um, I, I thought that we were, it was like entirely original. And um, it turns out, um, yeah, Baby Shark is, is, it was a craze recently, but it was a, it's like a camp song that's been sung for millennia. Yeah, it's an old Norwegian folk song. It's an old Norwegian summer camp song. Yeah. Um, so if you've yeah. ever been to an old Norwegian summer camp, you probably already heard it. Oh, for sure. But yeah, um, we we thought we were onto something huge. Like we thought we were discovering. Like we just wrote the next big hit, and we were going to be famous. And I remember yeah. you said, "Like I feel like we might have a brand." I said <laughs> there were a lot of vectors, uh, so it's a little thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that was back in the days when we like we didn't even know what we were actually talking about. So we just like threw out words like like vector. We were like our brand. It's going to be like vectors and yeah yeah and yeah i have a little a little musical outfit we we're mostly about vectors <laughs> yeah we don't really play gigs we more just you know compile vectors yeah and this was uh this was the kind of we were also we, like we we were like so excited that we were putting together this brand and you were also like we were imagining what our listener base was gonna be and you were like i'm imagining it as like a bunch of nerds in cargo shorts hanging out in canada and they probably understand tensors that was again <laughs> me just trying to throw buzzwords in there and hope for the yeah. best like they probably understand tensors and like to we totally do too total like 100,000 percent understand tensors and know what this they being are. said i feel like our brand actually did end up being a bunch of nerds in cargo shorts uh <laughs> not necessarily in canada and it's possibly true. do understand tensors and they probably understand tensors yeah they have heard the word like we have yeah, exactly. And in the same in the same vein, we we were just you know we were in, imagining all these this uh, fan base that we might that we might accumulate. And I, and you were also like, I suspect I suspect that listeners kind of like the Rock, and we might start imagining him hanging out with us. We we were getting really <laughs> aspirational there. Yeah, we, were we weren't like, going to actually hang out with him, but we were going to start imagining the Rock hanging out with us. Yeah, because I mean that's like if we could you know we could visualize it. If it was going to be like the third it, segment on the, the show where we spend a few minutes just, yeah, visualizing The Rock hanging out with us and like saying what we would get up to with him. We decided yeah, not yeah. to do that segment, but it would have been good. Yeah, it would have been good. I remember oh, too, yeah. I mean, it was kind of the start of us really talking about the audience in general. So like talking about our social media presence and all that stuff. So I'm thinking back to some of the great, uh, great social media interactions, like when you said, all the other people tweet at us like about the absurdity of Vampire Weekend. And it's like, you don't know that magic quirky monster like us. Yeah, we got really uppity about how much we knew about Vampire Weekend as opposed to other people. Like, there's no way anybody else has done more bits on Vampire Weekend than we have. We've been doing bits on Vampire Weekend since we were in the womb. Um, I'm unsure at this point if this is a joke or reality, but we have been doing bits about Vampire Weekend <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> it's, tr it's true. I mean, this is a real quote after all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say my I'll, one last favorite episode of mine. Um, man, I really loved the meme devil gonna devil world. 
That was <laughs> actually so I, I said that wrong. It was the meme devil gone a devil world. It was our it was the episode of robots where we kind of um we kind of generated a, an idea for a brand new theme park using a bunch of, you know, procedural generation mm, methods. But we and, accidentally, and stuff. I think we had misheard each other. And you thought that I said, let's make a procedurally generated meme park. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, and so we kind of just conflated the two, and so we decided to make the whole uh, theme of the theme park uh, memes, because- And we made up a new meme to theme the theme park on. Right, And that meme was Devil Gonna Devil. Devil Gonna Devil, and (laughs) Devil Gonna Devil. So this Um, was called, like, the correct way to read this title, it's a confusing one, but it was- The meme devil gonna devil world. Right. So there's a lot of punctuation in this theme park. You could have just called it devil gonna devil world, but people didn't know what that is. So we had to explain that this is the meme devil gonna devil world. World. And um, yeah, and, and it was great because in that, kind, it kind of generated our own like new Mickey Mouse, like the 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 leading man of this theme park was going to be the meme devil, even though that's not exactly how that phrase worked. But um, yeah, uh, I remember um, we, <laughs> we, um, we, we, yeah, we were just kind of coming up with some what kind of people might come to this theme park the kinds of the kinds of experiences they might have and, and it would all be um, memers of course so everything would be over the top yeah and so i was like um i i think we had come up with a with a story earlier on in the episode and i was like what what was that crazy story of the person with some spaghetti and he hates it and you were like you, you explained and you were like he didn't even know what it was so he just raised it to the sky and said want to explain yeah, that was one I explain guy, another meme yeah. we were workshopping. So he would yeah. just, whenever he didn't know what something was, he would just raise it to the sky and say, want to explain? Yeah, there, um, I think we had Chief develop some art for that one. It's just, you know, it's it's like a guy raising something to the sky and you can plug anything in there that you want, like a cereal box. <laughs> Pretty you know, wild. Spaghetti. <laughs> Pretty wild. I know. Um, yeah, that, yeah, we had our yeah our first ever meme template though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the spaghetti thing too. That was kind of the start of when we were calling the first segment the zesty hat, and like everything mm. was food related at the time. I think we were still like working through what that should be called. So at that episode, it was called like the bowl of spaghetti or something. Yes, uh, and yeah. before that, it was just called the bot in the fridge. So I remember saying, uh-huh. like, wait, was the bot in the fridge for me? And you said, that was originally going to be a little flavor on our fingers, which was another a bad idea of a title you had for the segment. Oh, to which yeah, I said, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do this scene. Oh, right. Because we do. you remember, Oh, my God. That was so early on when we actually used to script the podcast. And yeah, we had we, everything we, scripted. Obviously, we don't do that anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah, we would have every scene scripted out and. There was going to be a scene where before we got to the the bot in the fridge at the time, the zesty hat as we know it now, we were going to have this big blowout fight about the fact that like you always make me do the zesty hat or whatever. Right. And all that sort of thing. 
But as we were getting up to it, I was, I just, I didn't feel it. I said, I don't want to do this scene. And then we stopped scripting it. Yeah. I mean, because we would kind of like edit on the fly and you would be like, you know, yeah, no, scrap that, scrap that. And I remember like this, this, like we're, we're talking about it now, but like that was actually like a point of a lot of tension between us. And we didn't know if that, if this podcast thing was going to work out because we were thought about bringing in new writers, bringing in like a new director for the podcast, but. Yeah, it was just, you know, I, I I totally understand your reasoning, but I just felt like there were so many scenes that I would write that you would just want to cut. And I, I, I took it personally, but I know you just had the best of the podcast in mind. But yeah, I'm glad that we stopped scripting because that really could have driven a wedge between us. Yeah. And instead, yeah, we from that moment on, we left the script and never returned to it. Yeah. And we left the script and went to the script's national spelling bee forever. <laughs> yeah, we put behind the script and picked up the script, but like <laughs> slightly different. I th- yeah, I think that's a comprehensive recap of some yeah. of the best moments of all of our shows. Yeah, if that doesn't just, you know, bring on the nostalgia for the last year, I don't know what does. I don't know um, what will. We've tried so <laughs> many things now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, I hope that was enjoyable. Um, it was somewhat enjoyable for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, so- again, if you don't know what that was, just listen to the beginning of the segment again. It'll make it more clear what, but not any more clear why. <laughs> yeah. Um, all things... <laughs> This has been all things considered. Um, <laughs> for real, if you have been listening to this podcast um, for any amount of time we appreciate that so much because we do this because we love it we do this because this is something that uh entertains us on the regular and it's just you know we want to you know have a reason to to get together and talk about it so we make it into a podcast but um we would do it even if there was nobody listening so the fact that there are some people listening it fills us with joy and we hope that you will stick with us going forward for the yeah next not year. all of them are like this <laughs> yeah not all of them are like this um we're bad at improv they're all um, a little bit like this yeah that's true um because this but, is based on them i guess anyway yeah. but yeah uh so uh we yeah we really look forward to the to the future of robots on typewriters and um, I think something that we do want to do in the future, something that I, I want to try to do more of is, um, I would love to invite you to collaborate with us if, um, Me? I would love to give, yeah, you, I would love t- to invite you to collaborate for one goddamn <laughs> This minute. is you saying that I don't do anything for the podcast. <laughs> Um, but no, um, I, I would, I would love to create more opportunities where any, uh, anybody listening out there could have some kind of, um, contribution to what we talk about on the podcast. Um, yeah, I think that's where we've been moving towards lately with the, uh, advent of our GitHub where you can upload data sets of your own or download anything we use. The creation of our collaboratory where you can use text gen RNN. Uh, commented up and explained thoroughly by me to make stuff with those data sets that we use or data sets that you like. Um, And yeah, we'll look for other ways to include anything you, the listening audience, might want to make or share. 
Yeah, and so so keep an eye out for um I think like that stuff you would probably find uh, most on Twitter and we are on Twitter at robot typewriter. I will be posting stuff as it, you know, as it comes to us and as we make it. And um so yeah, like follow us on Twitter, tweet at us. We love to interact with um we love to interact with you guys. Uh, but you can also, if you have something that you want to share with us, you can email it to us at uh, robots at backcamp.org. And we're also out there on Facebook. If you send us something on Facebook, we'd see it. Um, yeah. And we live on a website called Batcamp. And our theme song is Video Challenge by Anna Monaguchi. And if you're looking for an old episode of any of our podcasts to listen to, and none of the ones we mentioned sound appealing, <laughs> maybe check out... If you tarry a lot and are good is the girl. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that was before we knew how to how to make a tight episode title. We really used sentence. to just let them go. Yeah, they used to our, our episodes used to be kind of like uh, old Fallout Boy songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our podcast know what you did in the dark. Also really liked the dead big babe. That was a dark one. Anyway, yeah. bye. Bye.